Hello and welcome to The Connected Generation. My name is Nikia Anani and I am your host. Here on The Connected Generation, we explore all things legacy wealth and legacy businesses, how to build businesses and wealth that would have sustained impact over time and over space and outlive the founders. And we have real genuine conversations and approach them with authenticity, curiosity and vulnerability, inviting voices from all over the world to share on their journeys, both business owners that are on their legacy journey and also expert teachers to just unveil a tip or two to be helpful in with us implementing such that we can build legacy businesses and legacy wealth. This week, I was joined by Sunil Sonny, who is a fantastic gentleman. He is the founder of a digital community for next-gen leaders in family businesses in India called the Indian Family Business Network. He's super passionate about multi-generational family businesses, having um, been brought up in his family business, and that really was the birthplace for his passion for this space. He loves hiking and trekking, enjoys food from all over India, and is passionate about people, business, and mythology and Indian culture. So we had a really fascinating conversation. So I'd encourage you to tune in, share this episode with someone that you think would be interested in it, and enjoy. Hi, Sunil. It's awesome to have you today. Welcome to The Connected Generation. Hi, Nikkei. Thank you for inviting me. Great. You are the founder of the Indian Family Business Network, a digital community for next-gen leaders and family businesses. But before we speak more about that, I really want to know how did you get to where you are today? Sure. So I think the journey has been, uh, you know, as you would have heard many times, it's it always connects when looking back. So when I look back today at my journey, I think everything seems to be connecting. Uh, I started with my own family business. I was pretty young. I was just about 14 years old when for the first time I went to my family business store. So we are mm-hmm. essentially jewelers and my father has a jewelry store after he retired from his defense uh, service for 20 years. So I remember very early in the age started going to the store and being there. And that's mm-hmm. when, you know, business, I, I got really interested in the business and gradually over the, you know, in my career, I recognized that largely I worked with family businesses. So just about six years back is when I started consulting with family businesses, mm. where I started recognizing that some of these challenges in communication or decision making, which we face in our family, or otherwise I meet a lot of friends who share the same thing, happens across. And majority mm. of the family businesses struggles with the similar challenges. And that's mm. where it's all started. And... Uh, so far, the journey has been fabulous. Really? I want to take you back to um, the journey in the family business when, you know, you, you mentioned you're from a, a family of jewelers. Can you speak more about um, that experience and really what motivated you to want to then become an advisor yourself and perhaps any challenges that you went through yourself? Sure. So in terms of uh, my experience, when I started I was very young and initially my father used to ask me to just to come to the store, be there for Mm. two, three hours, see what's happening. And then, you know, I had uh, complete freedom to leave whenever I want. But initially those were the things when I started observing how he would, you know, deal with the customers, how he would speak with the vendors, how he would manage the staff. And luckily when I 
you know started uh, my mainstream into commerce is when i was i was introduced to these business theories which i was seeing live in the family mm. business and that made me interested more and more in the business and that is where i think one of the first things started inclined me to kind of read more about international organizations how do you mm. make a company you know from a small size business to a big multinational business or a large scale mm. that is what you know inclined me towards uh, businesses so i started reading about you know sam walton henry ford you know a lot of these legendary uh, people who kind of uh, really cre- created fabulous business and then when i was uh, you know during these experiences i recall beyond having you know a difference of view about what what do we need to purchase or there could be some communication gaps in terms of making decisions i didn't have any difficult time as such in my family mm. so i was working with my father and sometimes you know i would go uh, during the purchase time i would pick up things which i would like rather than the list which is given to me and that is where we would have this difference of views you know i would say that these are new things which have come and my father would have planned completely different for his purchase and that would disrupt his plan but beyond that it was a wonderful experience because uh, here uh, the business is not only about our business unit it also mm-hmm. you know my uncles my cousins everybody is into the same line in fact we belong to a community wow. which is essentially uh, which is into you know making gold and silver jewelry so it's a traditional business it's it's a business which my ancestors started long 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 back and this is a skill which which has been grown so stories of how do we trade into this how do we make the what is the chemistry behind it all of it were uh, shared with us at an early age and now is the time when the business has been transformed where rather than we making the jewelry now we largely trade into it mm-hmm. and so these were the experience which kind of got me inclined towards business at that point of time i was not specifically thinking about family business but during my post grads is when i was introduced to a lot of electives around family business and i recognized that these decision making challenges or communication challenges can lead to severe or extreme challenges of going to the court room having conflict between mm-hmm. brothers dividing all the assets losing all the wealth within you know few generations and these were certain things which i recognized that there should be you know a way out of this and that is where i studied immensely about a lot of indian family businesses which have been able to sustain themselves and there's a lot of wisdom which lies here please share more um, i was just going to ask you what's the indian landscape like and a few success stories um sure so let me tell you it from a very different context about how businesses looked at here in india and this is my view so it could be different i've seen that our community or the society in uh, india is organized in a very different manner so there are certain communities who have grown multi generations into the trading uh, business or into the business community so you would mm. often kind of come across communities which are specifically into you know artwork or painting community specifically into clothing community specifically into trading of you know certain materials commodities and mm. that is how like my community was very much introduced with the gold and silver there are communities for iron you know carving there are communities who deal with medicines you know we call them veds here and these communities have been able to pass the wisdom which is very difficult to 
find out or figure out in one or two generations these mm. are, this is a science which has been kind of explored over many generations and passed down many generations and then these communities have their own secrets which are passed down to the same uh, you know uh, within the communities and mm. through that the trading has been looked at very differently so one of the diff- other thing which you would see is here in india work doesn't take all the space in our life which is very right different you, that, sorry work doesn't take so work, work doesn't take the majority part of our life mm-hmm. so it's not only about work for us mm-hmm. here i think indian communities have been very well balanced in terms of how do you manage family life and relationships and how do you relate with larger communities and society and then keeping all of that in well balance i think that is where i see family businesses have been doing some remarkable work because something which is extremely unique about a certain industry is learned by the grandfather and then gradually passed on to the coming generations and then for the it's yeah for the younger generation it's largely sustenance so i was recently listening to stories from italy or europe where you know the business would be passed down to only one son Mm. and he would be you know taught about the business similarly here in india there were practices where business was a part of life where you know the shops used to be part of the houses we used to live in they used to be really central markets in the villages and if there is anything which is related to work which comes during the day anybody would knock on the door and say that we need you at the shop and we mm. would go and attend the customer and then you're back into a different routine so in that perspective i would say work was along with lot of other things which is relationships and health and how do you do work for the community and how do you kind of manage relationships with the other members in the family work was also a part of it whereas today if you would see that we spend almost 12 hours working mm. and it takes majority of our life i think i saw a very good balance here in indian communities where it was about that how work also becomes a part of life because it's a way for you to express what you can contribute to the society i love that um i want to take you back um to what you were saying about communities engaging in a trade or a line of business i really want to understand that a lot better um so how does that work in practice sure so largely here in india the trading communities have different names one of the communities is called banya community the other community is called marwari community the third community is called jain community and then likewise all different parts of india in their different native uh, regions have their own communities which is specifically into trading okay so these are geographic communities like what towns villages or people of ethnic common ethnic origins people of common ethnic origins so okay. there is sindhi community which belongs to the sindh there is marwadi community which belongs to marwad and likewise and within these communities there is a certain sect which was specifically into business okay so you would have heard about the caste system here in india yes. where there are brahmins there are kshatriyas there are vaishyas there are shudras and vaishyas used to be the one who used to take care of trades mhm the businessmen mhm Mm-hmm. and so these communities have so suppose my great grandfather they started the artistry of refining gold and making it into a jewelry mm-hmm. 
Now, just imagine to learn the chemistry of a gold and then making it to a, into a jewelry is a lot of science. Mm. It's a lot of experience. And here, I mean, this is passed down through generations. So something which is learned and explored by my, my great grandfather is passed on to the next generation at a very early age. So mm. my fa father or my uncle started working with their father at a very young age. They were just about seven, eight years old. Wow. Because this was just a, you know, a sort of home affair where we had the shop within the same house. So everybody was just involved into this at a very young age. So for mm -hmm. them, so today, you know, one of the superpowers I say that as soon as I pick a yellow metal in my hand, I can tell you if it's gold or not. Wow. So that is something which is learned through practice. And so mm -hmm. at a very early age, you would start getting involved and start getting into working of things. And that is where it would become very natural for you to kind of get into that trade. Something which is very similar, you would have seen in Japan, which is about pottery, knife making, scissor making. You know, Japanese also have this tradition that within the same community, all of this is kept. And then whatever these learnings are, are passed down to generations. And then there is a larger, beyond family, there's a larger community which is working within the same space where they exchange these ideas come together. Now, all of this has taken a 21st century form where now there are networks, there are associations which are doing similar work. But then in the last 40 years, as across the world, you have seen this major transition where it's the business is understood in a very different way. Mm -hmm. Work is not a part of life, but work is life. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that is where this all, everything has moved in the last 40 years. Now today, mm -hmm. things look very different, you know, look very different. So I think in my early times when I joined the business, this is the experience which I had initially. This was something which I got to learn. Something which I want to share with you, which is about barter. You know, uh, my father, uh, you know, in their 70s has seen a time where a full community of village, like a complete village used to operate without money, only and wow. exclusively on barter. Wow. And it's such a phenomenal system where it kind of laid the right foundation for the community of trust and belonging. Today, you have a different measure. You have a measure of money, which is very different. Though money also had a very different definition in our time. And, you know, some of the, uh, I would say, gurus in our country or somebody has defined it in this way, that wealth is not about money which you have. Hmm. In India, wealth is called Lakshmi. Hmm. It's hmm. defined by a goddess. And Lakshmi also has another word which is called Lakshan, meaning behaviors, characteristics, attitude and traits. Mm. So Lakshmi is not about how much money you have. Lakshmi is about those Lakshans, the behaviors and the character you have, which helps you generate this wealth. So the key focus is on having the right characteristics, the right, you know, attitude, the right, you know, uh, traits in the personality which is about creating trust, connecting, offering value. These are the things which will eventually lead you to Lakshmi, the wealth. Hmm. Hmm. So is this in focus, Hinduism or is this, is this just to learn more where this comes from? Because I read a book recently, which I'm trying to pull out. Um, um, and it had a lot on this. Um, but just to educate folks a little bit more on, 
yeah, just to educate folks a little bit more on um, Lakshmi. Um, yeah. So uh, I think here I am very, very much interested in this subject, and I just take a you know side off. And uh, there is nothing called Hinduism as such here in uh, oh, really? India, though though it's defined by the geography. But uh, I think Hinduism is, in a certain way, is a very liberal way of thinking about life, where mm. you have the complete freedom to choose the values you want to choose. You know, in terms of living your life, and mm. it because it recognizes that it's not about worshiping a certain stone or a certain goddess or a certain belief system, because everything has a different way of expression. For oneself, and every expression should be respected. And through these expressions, is we have such level of diversity in our country. But all of it is unified in one core belief: that this, the 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 soul inside us, or you know, that living being inside us, or the energy inside us, seeks for liberation. Hmm. So every community have this central idea of liberation. Wow. which is at the core of this life and then expression in terms of food clothes language region all of it can be different hmm. and so would you say um you were talking about like character and how in you you've got the wealth and then you've got like the character that underpins it so from Give us examples of like when you were growing up. How were these imbibed in you? Essentially, these are values, right? Yes. And how did this set you up for success, or even other um, family business owners that you are aware of? So, to begin with, I'll say that during my initial twenties, like when I was about fourteen years old to twenty-five year old, twenty-six year old, I was all confused. I had no idea about this. So. Hmm. i was taught in a school which was english medium which was teaching books which was about science which you know a lot of these concepts comes from you know the the western part of the world and i was taught all of this and i thought success is a very different idea success is all about money and a lot of other things and uh, so my idea was uh, showing off and uh, show, showcasing my new bike or my new car or the house or the society we live in all of those were the ideas of success and mm-hmm. i recognize that you know leaders in the company by that i mean today the management in the company which is essentially the ceo or uh, the top level functional heads i used to think these are successful people because they've been able to reach to that level and they have a certain way of conducting themselves i uh, for many uh, it's it's a trait that they don't treat the people right they don't respect a lot of other things which are to be respected and that is where i i would say that for good 7 8 years or 10 years i had very you know different idea about this altogether mm. but uh, it was you know later in my 20s when i was introduced to something called gita which is the spiritual book here the holy book gita and a, my father kind of re, has rewritten gita in the poetry form and those he used wow. to kind of tell us many ideas so it is where there you know a lot of journey started for me where i started exploring the meaning behind all of these differences so 
today when i meet so one of the things which has impacted me is humility you know it's very rare to come across a ceo or a cfo who's humble it's rare mm. but it's very common to come across a founder a family business owner or a founder who's extremely humble it's very common mm. these are the people who have built the real wealth and this idea got busted for me when i met these people what it means to be humble is something which i've learned from family business owners mm. and why do you think I, why why do you think um it's more common amongst family business owners than other executives so i think uh, the battle is very different for both of them yeah so being a professional in the management is all, all almost always about being masculine mm. and being a founder or being a family business owner doesn't mean only masculine it means feminine as well you need to have traits where you regard and create value for others in a different way and when you recognize and accept your mistakes and are ready to move on and make the changes mm. it requires in both both the sides but the boundaries are very different Mm. and i've i've seen so many people who are filthy rich you know here in indian context uh people having you know billions of wealth i would say and at the same time this the amount of humility these people have the amount of regard they have for individuals the sort of eye they will have to identify talent sometimes mm. these are the things which i really you know admire a lot mm. which is actually building the true skill and true character of an individual mm. because me being all masculine all the time and putting other people down won't take mm. me too long you know mm. so That's i think in my learning yeah i recognize that humility is very different in real life and likewise so many other things which uh, thankfully i learned from uh, the geeta which i'm speaking about That's amazing. And I mean you've shared a lot about your journey and your evolution. Um and just flash forward now to the work that you do with um the digital community. What common struggles do you find that folks in your community have? Sure. So let me first of all kind of position uh in a certain way that how it came together. Mm-hmm. So during covid all of us were back home. and i think everybody was looking for a way to engage uh, with the community in in its own way and especially people who are more outgoing and that is when we started this network where we started talking about the challenges and experience of family business so i used to use a platform called clubhouse i would mm-hmm. open a room and start talking about how is it being a part of family business what are the challenges mm-hmm. we face what are the experiences like what it likes what is it like to work with your brother what is it like to work with your father or your uncle you know how do you make decisions when you have a 80 year old a 50 year old and a 20 year old sitting in the same mm-hmm. boardroom having completely different aspirations mm-hmm. and uh, so when we started having these conversations a lot of people started finding a lot of value in these conversations saying oh i'm going through a similar experience with my father or oh, when i took the idea of startup to my father he said uh, not right now or you know there were certain people who were able to make it who were able to con- convince their elders in the family and then many who came up who said that you know i'm the only son my father wants me to join the family business i have no desire how do i tell him because he looks at me with a lot of expectations 
and I don't want to break those. So, and especially for women, you know, today in the 21st century, the role of women has completely transformed. And so has, you know, uh, the aspirations and what they want to accomplish with life. But the largest society, you know, still, I think, is finding way to kind of evolve through that. So how the journey has been for them in their own family, as well as once they move to the new family, once they get married. So during these conversations is when we started kind of talking about all of these experiences and people found a space to talk about it. And they recognized that there is a way out. It, it doesn't mean that, you know, if my father is sometimes difficult on me in making decisions, he is the most cruel man. You know, there are other people like that. And so this became a safe space for everyone to talk out, to share those experiences. And that is where I think uh, we used the name for the club as Indian Family Business Network. It was, you know, simple and common for us to use that. And that is where it started. And so for people, for all the members, you know, who started coming together, they said, you know, this is really helpful because here we are able to network. We are able to recognize that we are not alone in this battle. And we are also getting a forum where we can share this and maybe uh, find out that how is it you resolve them. And using my own experience of working with so many families, I would tell them that what is the next small step they can take in a certain relationship to overcome a challenge. Mm -hmm. Powerful. And I want to, you know, you spoke about um, importance of character and how to build character of leaders. Is this work that you help people with? So uh, this is a subject which has, I have been very interested in a lot. I mean, throughout my career, this is something which I had always a longing to understand that what makes a powerful character and a powerful human being. Powerful in the sense who is, who who is complete within himself. I don't mean to kind of conquer things, but mm -hmm. somebody who is uh, complete within. And uh, for that journey, I think uh, I've, I've studied a lot. And in parts of conversations when I'm dealing, you know, working with uh, my clients on one-to-one -one coachings, or even when we are facilitating group conversations, is the time when these distinctions are used. Mm. To recognize that if my motives are fulfilling only in the short term or are they fulfilling in the long term as well? And as of now, what's more important for me? How important for me is the short term and how important for me is the long term? Mm. Mm. So to be able to make those distinctions, to recognize that sometimes my good is family's good and sometimes family's good will in return become my good as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Incredible. And you you spoke a little bit about how, you know, in Indian culture, work doesn't originally did, did not take up all of your time. And um, right now we're seeing this kind of crisis in society as work has become everything. And we're now trying to fit our lives into our work. Is this also something, a theme that you're seeing with your community? So, yes, in the I Indian think this family business. It's a societal change. It's it's a change which is happening across. And this is something which uh, I think across the world, you, you can see this wave where now, even if you have a stable business, which is very well taking care of you or your family, the, the younger generation is coming up with an aspiration of how do we make it to 10x? Like, how do we scale it? Today, we are serving uh, maybe one region in the country. How do we serve the country? 
and then eventually how do we go international so i think this aspiration to scale the business to go much more bigger to create a brand uh to be able to kind of automate and digitize most of the things this is an aspiration which is fairly common across mm. and so with that aspiration i think it becomes must that you need to devote a lot of your life to work mm. Mm. and you spoke um about you know reading the gita and how much it transformed you and you know with a spiritual text um for most people that's quite intimidating to pick up a spiritual text and read it through and through but in terms of practical learnings you've taken from that particularly as a family business owner um or as a leader are there anything that you can share with the community hmm so for me i think uh in my pursuit of recognizing that what makes a complete individual this is one space which intrigued me the most to kind of understand that what is it which the spiritual books talk about so i'll begin with a small scenario and then you know from geeta i'll take references of you know what i learned from the book so i recognize that here in the indian community we have three primary gods which is shiva vishnu and brahma Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the gods? No. Okay. I'm familiar with Vishnu, so, but I haven't heard of the other two. Yeah, so Vishnu is the most spoken about because he's the one who demonstrates how to live in this world. Like what are the leadership traits you need to actually live? And so Krishna, Ram, all of these are his re- reincarnations. Shiva is that subtle energy which is in all of us mm. and which helps us live this life. and brahma is essentially this universe of brahma and itself or this body is also a form of brahma so we don't worship brahma why because this changes every single time mm it's going to grow it's small it's going to grow it's going to become old and shed away so something which is constantly changing in our belief we don't worship that mm something which is about how do you deal with this change and the sort of education you need and how do you do so the software or the education you if you're able to deal with it in the right way it's called good education if you do it in the wrong way it is bad education so do the right way of doing it are the traits which are displayed by vishnu and all the avatars of vishnu and shiva is that subtle energy which is you know if it's there you're on if it's not there you're off hmm. and so these things kind of help me make a lot of things very simple hmm. so when i read geeta geeta is now about how do you make this software which is much better version of itself hmm. how do you kind of include the right things in your life so how do you look at work how do you look at knowledge why is it you're doing all of it and what is your contribution to all of this you know to the whole subject and so this is where geeta fits in it is about understanding that what is right from wrong mm. Mm. so one of the meanings which i shared with you of lakshmi lakshmi is actually the wife of uh vishnu so wherever there is vishnu wherever there is good knowledge the wealth is going to follow interesting so now learning from that geeta tells us that what is right knowledge and what is right work 
So in the core belief, it is said that you didn't get anything to the world, and you're not going to get take away anything from the world. Yeah. So yeah. why why not do it in a way which is fulfilling for the world itself? Mm. Mm. Yeah. So how are you going to kind of how do you contribute to the society in the form of work which is fulfilling for the society itself? Mm. that is where it becomes and you know how do you make distinctions about right or wrong things so in gita you know it would talk about what is knowledge mm. and or what is karma so karma it says that everything which is done with the belief of you know uh, devoting or in in a certain way of uh, doing without any expectations mm-hmm. is the highest form of karma so if you are helping a friend or if you are kind of creating something for uh, you know the world around if you're doing it with a desire of to not get anything back from it you will do it in in the best way for, you know possible so just imagine you know yourself in a situation when you are helping a friend and if you have a motive that he needs to give it back to me or this should come back to me in a certain way after 10 months or 12 months down the line if he doesn't reflect back you start you know you have this feeling inside that he didn't do good back to me mm. like he didn't come back to me with the right things i did this mm. for him and he didn't you know do anything of those that sort of you know with me so when you do things without false expectations is uh, you know is one of the sort of karma what it focuses on and when it comes to kind of living the life gita talks about how do you live the life in the right way so mm. in the sense what are the thoughts you do what are the deeds you do mm. and all of this is clustered within the central idea of that all of it is made to contribute to the society you pick from here you do what you do the best in a way which makes you fulfilling and then you give it back mm. it's very difficult to kind of uh, apply it through and through because a larger mm. context you know it doesn't always support that but this is one of the things which i've been able to you know take from there hmm. powerful powerful um as you were talking i was just thinking that um a lot of what you're sharing is very much about a personal um awakening personal awareness a personal evolution and journey how do we in a family business context where there's also different family members on their individual journeys and we're also trying to distill our collective journey our collective meaning our collective purpose how do we reconcile the two sure so this is the way i'm looking at it is the central idea of me is not only about me you know when i have this complete freedom to live my life the way i want and express the life the way i want the equal sense of freedom goes to my brother as well he has the complete freedom to express himself mm. now it's about that how do you do it in a manner which is contributing to the family or to the institution mm. so if you know if using a bad software i start get indulging into bad habits this is my individual expression and i'm going to kind of have the bad outcomes out of it but with the right education if i do the right thing 
if i work for the for the success of the family if i do things which is helpful for my family if i kind of create work opportunities which are helpful for my family these are certain things which are again going to help my family as well mm. so there are certain common central ideas which is linked to the principles or to the life fundamentals of life itself mm. which is about that how do you fulfill each other's life through relationship through love through care and through these powerful mediums if you start taking care of each other is mm. you know is the way through you know you will start creating the right things mm. i don't want to make it a very fancy idea in a certain way because uh, it you know needs to be very practical for that sense mm. so what i'm saying is that like we unite families with core values with core beliefs and a purpose mm. these are central ideas mm. now if somebody wants to achieve that purpose through sheer hard work and somebody wants to achieve that through technology mm. both the ways are fine mm. until and unless we are kind of giving back to the purpose of the family and giving back to this desire that we are here to serve we are here to kind of create value for each other mm. so this is how you know only and so one of the things which you would see in seven habits and a lot of other scriptures is for you to do right things to others you need to be complete in yourself yeah dependent people can't do right things mm. so for you to get built up you need to be independent at a certain level and then only you can give back mm. Mm. so it is important that in the early stage we develop the people so that they become independent and in the right time with the right software with the right education they are kind of uh, educated to do the right things outside mm. and in terms of what practical steps or tips do you have for perhaps an extern that's seeking to foster that connection with the family what, what would you advise so i think uh, let me kind of begin with a scenario and talk about a real case study where um, a father who was about 68 years old he calls me and he asks me sunil ji you need to speak to my son he needs to come back and join me in my family business when uh, i asked him so what is the challenge as of now he said he has his own business and i'm getting old i want somebody to manage this business as well mm-hmm. i asked him sir how how are, how both of you are i mean as of now how well are you communicating with each other he said we have zero communication we don't speak to each other mm-hmm. so then i had to tell him that sir it's very difficult at this stage to decide that your son is going to make a decision to come back and join the family business would work according to you the way you want for the initial 2 3 years so that you can hand over the business to him it is important for us to recognize that why the son is not coming back when i spoke with the son for him the real challenge was that when he came back in the family business after you know doing a glamorous job where his father asked him to come back his father didn't support him enough in front of his uncle as well as he didn't support him as a son and that is where he had a disconnect so now he is his needs are to be recognized as a son and to be supported as a son in the family whereas his father is constantly critiquing his son on the basis of 
you know the ideas he has hmm. or the things which he wants to do in the business now in this sort of a disconnect where the conversation began is not only uh, from the side of the father but also from the side of the son hmm. we began the conversation by helping the son recognize that what are his emotional needs and how is it he needs to articulate and share it uh, with his father hmm. one of the biggest challenge in this scenario or in most of such scenarios is that the one who is hurt doesn't take the opportunity to express his emotions to the other so we kind of keep all of these feelings inside us thinking that my father should have understood he should have respected he should have recognized but i would never take the opportunity to take a pause and express myself to the father so that he can understand me better and likewise for the father to recognize that not everybody thinks like me or behaves like me mm. it is okay for my son to have different aspirations it is okay for my son to have you know a uh, different strategy to you know achieve the same goal mm. and that is where we kind of started the communication between both of them so for the next generation who are now disconnected or are unable to kind of find out their path within the family business or they're confused if they should join the family business or not the first steps begins with figuring out what is it i want within what is it i want myself before i go about managing the expectations of other in the family because this foundation needs to be ready and if i recognize what i want then it is important that how do i express it to the people in my family mm. because they might have completely different idea of me and different expectations and that is what happens today when the you know younger generation comes and join the family business or they go abroad for education and once they come back there's all this trouble of you know them coming back to the business or the expectation mismatch mm. so it begins with self and once you recognize that these are the areas where you know there are gaps go one at a time powerful powerful thanks for sharing that that was really really powerful um do you have any uh, um, closing comments lasting words um for the listeners so i think uh something which i want to share about uh you know the family or this whole idea of working with the family and family business is very foundation i mean in the sense i i very much believe into this because somewhere i've always believed in family as an institution mm-hmm. family is the first unit which creates the most competent and generous individuals mm-hmm. and so it is important that if we are able to kind of set these uh philosophies and values right in the families then there are greater probability of having the a more competent individuals and a more responsible citizens outside and that is where i think engaging with families is very powerful for me it is important for us to recognize that here is an institution which can do marvelous work so how we can make this institution better because this is eventually going to kind of contribute to the society by giving up the right capable leaders who going to messages powerful and if anyone can, um would like to get hold of you how best can they reach you and learn more about your work 
so uh for now i think uh, you can see the uh, you can reach me on my email address otherwise the most easiest way is to reach me through linkedin or instagram on both the platforms you can find me through indian family business network and uh, we you know i i hope to see you there amazing well thank you so much this has been a really such a rich um insightful conversation any parts of it you know uh, so will this still go on and i love that conversation with sunil and what's really jumping out at me is the piece on work life balance it's really interesting i was listening to a podcast by um steven bartlett one of my favorite podcasts ever and on it he was talking to jane werwand who is the founder of dermalogica um the beauty brand and she was asked this question about work life balance and she said something really interesting she said something like people that are seeking work life balance that usually she finds they're trying to run away from either their work or their life they don't love both and that was a huge aha moment for me in that perhaps there's no such thing as balance after all perhaps what we should be seeking is fulfillment and contentment and happiness and true joy from both our work and our lives and that's how i'd like to reframe this look on work life balance if we're trying to run away from life or trying to run away from work what can we do to change work or life such that we don't have to run right then i loved what he said about this observation amongst um family businesses that he had um consulted where the leaders had this true humility and he um attributed that to this integration of the masculine and feminine in 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 the businesses and i found that really fascinating and this is an area that i'm trying diving deeper and deeper into like masculine leadership traits and feminine leadership traits and just one or one essentially there's a spectrum of leadership and on one side is a masculine and the other is the feminine and just because you're a female doesn't mean that you're you have feminine leadership traits and just because you're a masculine doesn't mean that you have masculine leadership traits but it's really a case for integrating both masculine and feminine leadership traits into family enterprises such that we can see the greatest impact and a couple of my friends in the industry Veronica Yepes and Ella Chase have a fantastic message on this reimagining family enterprises and i will leave a link in the show notes um a link to a presentation they did at african family firms um conference a few months ago on this very topic and it's just i won't do it justice this is their niche this is their jam i'd love for you to watch it and just let me know your thoughts you can drop me an email and just let me know your thoughts and lastly he talks about the importance of character building of leaders and i often say that leadership comes from this old word in english language in ancient english language laden which is to go before as a guide and i think being the ability to go before and the ability to guide takes true strength of character it takes true visionary it takes the ability to withstand um both the good and the bad times the ability to motivate oneself in spite of that the ability to motivate and persuade others as well and i think true leadership is so underrated and so under 
yeah, it's just so underrated and there's so much that goes into it than just being the leader of a business or being a political leader. It takes such strength of character and often this character is forged in the fire. It's forged privately. And I just love for you to just reflect on that. Like, how can you develop your ability to grow before as a guide? What three characteristics do you think you need to work on and how do you think you can work on those? Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, take good care and God bless you.